chapter 16. It's the very last verse of the book. And it says these words, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you would to stretch forth your hand this direction and pray God's anointing and his blessing over the servant and over the ministry of the gospel and over our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. We are a Pentecostal church. Can I hear you pray in concert with me? Would you join with me right now? And let's pray together. Father, we come before you right now and we thank you for the anointing of heaven that we have already sensed in this place. The praise and worship, we have already been ushered into your very throne room. We're overwhelmed by your presence and by your spirit. Now, Lord, you have brought us to your banqueting table to receive the bread of life. And I'm asking you right now, Lord, to anoint me. I pray like the psalmist did in Psalms 92 and 10, and I declare that I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And I covet the prayers of these people. Lord, and as they lift me up and they lift this word up to you, I pray that it would go forth and touch every heart to receive what it is that the Spirit wants to say to the church. I give glory and honor and praise to you for these blessings in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tony. I have a simple title to share with you today, and it's simply called Wet Feet. Wet Feet. In that passage that we read today, it says, In confirming the word with signs following. When you're getting into the pool for the very first time, you put your feet in first. And you're checking out the temperature in the water at Virginia Beach or Myrtle Beach. You put your feet in first. When it's time to shower and the water's warming up or it's time to take a bath and the tub is filled, I have not heard of anyone yet that has gone in on their hands first or on their head first. It's always feet first. And using this simple concept, I was prompted to three different miracles in the Bible where the people of God involved all got their feet wet on the way to their victory, on the way to their miracle, on the way to their dream. I'm going to start in the New Testament and work my way backwards. Obviously, the first one that comes to our mind is the great apostle Simon Peter. And how there was an occasion where he walked on the water. We know the story well in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. The disciples are in a storm-tossed sea on, on the Sea of Galilee. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them. That would be somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. And he came walking on the water to them. They become fearful. And he said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter, bold as he was, said, Lord, if it is you, would you bid me come? And the Lord said to him, come. 
Most of us, if we've read the Bible any length of time, we know the story. He starts to walk on the water. He gets afraid. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus takes his hand and they walk the stormy waves together back to the boat. But what I want you to see this morning is that if Peter was going to walk on water, he had to be willing to get his feet wet. The belief of his heart had to be transferred to his brain that communicated to his feet that it was time to get out of the boat. And let me just say hallelujah and amen right there. And, and as a result of that, Peter received overcoming victory in his life because he was willing to have wet feet. And then moving further back in the, in the Word of God, I find that there is another, another uh, uh, character in the Old Testament who was called Naaman. He was a Syrian commander. And you read the story in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. This important man in the army of Syria, he's stricken with leprosy to the point that his life is in jeopardy and that his health is, is deteriorating rapidly. And so he is sent to the prophet Elisha. And when he gets to Elisha's door, Elisha doesn't even bother or have the courtesy seemingly to even come to the front door to address this important Syrian commander. But he does send a message in verse 10. He told him, he said, go and wash in the Jordan River seven times. In other words, go get your feet wet in the muddy Jordan. Naaman was some kind of upset. Oh, why couldn't he just come out and call on the name of the Lord his God? Or why couldn't he just strike his hand over the place of my leprosy and receive my healing. Furthermore, why does it have to be the muddy Jordan? Why can't it be the Abana River in Syria or the Farpar River in Syria? Why does it have to be the Jordan River? But let me tell you today, when Naaman got wet feet in the Jordan, which was the right place, the prescribed place, when he went there and got his feet wet, the miracle followed. So let me just say this. Sometimes to get your miracle, you need to get your feet wet. Oh, somebody help me preach here this morning. What I'm here to tell you already is that Peter overcame with wet feet. And Naaman got his healing with wet feet. So let's go further back into the Old Testament. Last but not least, the nation of Israel. They're on the verge of going to the promised land. The time has come. More specifically, though, I want to talk about the six men in Joshua chapter 3. You see, they're getting ready to cross into Canaan, the promised land that God had told Abraham he was going to give to him and all of his descendants. But yet in front of them, there was this tremendous barrier called the Jordan River. I like verse 15. It really kind of describes it in detail to us. It says they come to the Jordan River, and as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. And then in parentheses, it says, for Jordan overflows all his banks all the time of the harvest. And then verse 16 said that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, they failed and were cut 
off and the people passed over right against Jericho. Let me just say here, praise God. The people are on their way to the promised land. The people are on their way to the dream. They're on their way to the vision that God had given to Moses, their forefather, and Joshua, their current commander-in-chief. But what I really want to focus in on is that the six men that carried the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, they had to be willing to lead the way. They had to dip their feet in the Jordan River to realize the dream that had evaded them for so long. Oh, Lord, help me here this morning. Let me tell you, Peter overcame obstacles with wet feet. Naaman received his miracle with wet feet. The six priests led the nation to the dreams in their heart, and they did it with wet feet. Let me just spend a little more moments on these six men. These six men, they were willing to put their lives on the line. They were, they were husbands and, and dads, and, 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 and they, were, they, were, they were probably sons, and they were no doubt sons of mothers that were part of the. but they were the priest of God, and they, they knew they had received the command, but they knew that they were risking everything. Their, their faith was at a pinnacle. It was at a zenith. It was all or nothing. It wasn't just their reputations that was on the line. Oh, it was their lives that were on the line. And I'm telling you, when they, oh, Lord, help me, when they walked and they put the tip of their toes into the Jordan River, the Bible says that it parted and the whole nation walked across on dry ground. I'm telling someone here today, on your way to the dream, it's going to take you getting some feet wet. You're going to have to do some things before you see some things, and then the seeing things you're looking for will come to pass. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe you're in the house today, and you need to get this in your spirit. Like Peter, your path to victory and overcoming is with wet feet. Maybe you're here today, and you need a miracle in your body. Maybe the route to your miracle is that you have wet feet like Naaman. Maybe you're like the priest. You have a dream in your heart, and you know without a shadow of a doubt God has placed you on this earth for a specific purpose, and every second that ticks by, your dream is slipping away. I'm telling you it's time to get wet feet and fulfill the dream in your life for your destiny and for the glory of Almighty God. And let me quickly get to the second part of this message because I've given you three instances where people of God had to get their feet wet for things to happen. Now, let me tell you, the second part of this message the Lord has led me in is that there will always be opponents to you getting your feet wet. Okay? There are always going to be some naysayers. There's always going to be those that, that oppose. Let me just talk about that for a few moments. For Peter... In my opinion, I would imagine opponents to him getting wet feet was other people's views. He probably thought, what are the rest of the boys going to think? 
If I step out of the boat, should I just stay and continue bailing water out of a sinking ship? Will I seem impulsive or presumptuous? After all, I am Peter. I do have a reputation of sticking my foot in my mouth. I have a tendency to, to speak before I, I think. Maybe I, I, maybe I have jumped the gun with my words and my actions. Or maybe I'll appear to be more spiritual than the rest of them. And, and let me tell you, some of us sit right back in our walk with God and we miss out over victory after victory after victory because we're worried about someone's opinions of us. We're worried that they're going to think we're too spiritual. We're, we're, we're worried that they're going to think that we're so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And what happens is we stay in the boat. We stay on our seats with dry feet. I'm telling you something today. There are opponents out there that will try to keep you from getting your victory. But I want you to know something today. When you have wet feet, that means that you are walking by faith. And John wrote it best when he said, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith in Almighty God. Now, if others' opinions of Peter were his enemies, if they were opponents, then I would imagine for Naaman, it was obviously his own self-reason and rationale. He thought, well, I am somebody. This is not the way that I plan to be healed. He was just supposed to call on the name of Jehovah. Wham, my leprosy would be gone. He was just supposed to lay hands on the area. But that's not what he asked me to do. Oh, Lord, help us. You know, I've been in the church of God all of my life. And I thank God that I'm Pentecostal today. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believed in the gifts of healing. I believe in the gift of faith. I believe in the operations and the manifestations of Almighty God. I'm telling you right now, if the Lord told me to come down in front of you and do cartwheels across the front of this church, I can tell you, number one, it would be the Spirit because I don't know how to do cartwheels in the flesh. But the second thing I can tell you is that I would do it without hesitation because it's not about, my God, it's about doing the obedience unto the Lord to receive the miracle that I so desperately covet in my life, in my body, in my family. Hallelujah. We count on the medicine. The doctor, the treatment, the surgery. And quite frankly, these days we call upon all of those elements before we call on the Lord. Sometimes his ways seem unconventional. Sometimes they seem a little strange. But that's the beauty of it. He's the Spirit of God. We follow his leading. So whereas for Peter... His opposition was no doubt the view of his friends. And for Naaman, the opposition to his miracle was probably his own self-reason and rationale. I really want to get to this next one. I believe that for Joshua and those six priests, as they stared at a river at flood stage, I believe it's very possible that their greatest opponent may have been the past generation. 
say, what do you mean by that? Stay with me. What do you mean, preacher? Well, you know, and I guess this hit me a couple of years ago, and it was a little frustrating. How many of you saw, I guess it was two falls ago, two years ago, when the Bible came out? What was it, the History Channel, Discovery Channel? I can't remember which one it was, but there were several weeks, and I watched all of them, and I enjoyed them. They weren't always exactly accurate, but I enjoyed what I saw. They came on Sunday nights, as a matter of fact. I remember them well. But I remember when I was looking and watching, I, I began to realize that the Red Sea miracle is more well-known than the dividing of the Jordan River. When I watched the Bible during those several weeks, they highlighted the children of Israel leaving Egypt. They showed it with all the effects, and they walked across on dry ground. But they didn't even mention the parting of the Jordan River. It wasn't even mentioned. And did you know that if I took a survey of those of us who have been in church any length of time, I would say nine times out of ten, most of us here are more familiar with the Red Sea miracle than we are the Jordan River parting. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. So... As we think about that, I think sometimes we get intimidated by the miracles of the past generation. And let me just stop here and make a point that is very important, and that is this. The Red Sea miracle was simply this. When you get there, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? They got to the edge. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. But oh, the Jordan River was not that way at all. Somebody had to be willing to walk into the water that was not divided and get their feet wet before the miracle took place. My God, help me. Those six men had to be willing to lay down their lives, their everything, their reputation, everything at the directive of the Lord. As I thought about that. This thought hit me, Mark 16, 20, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Let me tell you something. The Red Sea miracle is signs preceding. The Jordan River parting is signs following. There is a big difference. And I'm telling you, sometimes we function and we try to negotiate with God. We try to make bargains with God. We try to act like Red Sea believers. We say to the Lord, God, if you'll just do this, then I will do this. That's signs preceding, not signs following. We say to the Lord, God, if you'll just provide this job, then I would be able to pay my tithes. That's signs preceding. Not signs following. Oh, if God will just heal my body of this terrible pain, then I will make him Lord of everything. Friend, that is signs preceding. That is not signs following. And I'm telling you, God sent me to this pulpit to say to someone this morning, it's time to get your feet wet. And if you'll get your feet wet, and if you'll dip the tip of your toes into the Jordan rivers of your life, you'll be amazed at how God will perform miracle and bring about 
about the signs that you are so desperately looking for. Oh, somebody give praise unto the Lord. I'm telling you, this is a walk of faith. And when you walk it out by faith, God promises to do great things on your behalf. Jesus rebuked them for looking for a sign. He said, if, except you see signs and wonders, you do not believe. And as much as I love the Red Sea miracle that was standing and watching the miracle take place, I really love the Jordan River miracle a little better because you're, you're not just watching with your eyes, but you're getting wet with your feet and you're becoming a part of the oh I hope y'all are getting this this morning I want to I want to be part of the miracle wouldn't it be great if you need healing in your body let's say that you're you're battling with uh, heart disease and and you're walking that out and you're praying that God will perform a miracle and, and then you're you, you're not seeing anything yet but then the Lord sends someone in your path that has heart disease. And you're going, well, Lord, I don't know if I have faith enough to uh, believe with them for their miracle. You haven't even healed me yet. And the Lord would say to you, why don't you just get your feet wet, put your hands on them, and pray for their healing. And who knows, by the time you do it, you could get an improved report from your cardiologist that the divine physician has stepped into your health and your healing has taken place. Oh, Lord, help me this morning. Some of y'all thinking about fried chicken. I'm thinking about having church. If you're not willing to get wet feet, you won't walk on a dry riverbed. And let me tell you something else. You will stay camped on the east side of Jordan like two and a half of the 12 tribes did that would live to regret it later in their lives. I have a dream. I have a personal dream. I don't want this to sound arrogant or overconfident, but I believe the Lord has birthed this in my heart. I have a dream to pastor a thousand people in my ministry. I do. I believe God is calling me to that dream. But you know what that means? That means I have to give to that dream. I have to pray to that dream. I have to outreach to that dream. I have to lead to that dream. I have to plan to that dream. I have to study to that. I have to preach to that dream. I have to give a cold cup of water in the name of Jesus to that dream. In other words, I have to get my feet wet. What is your dream? What is your promised land? Will you stay camped on the east banks of the Jordan? What dream is in your heart? Not everyone's going to make the journey with you. But the dream is still from God. <laughs> While I'm here good and meddling. Have you ever noticed, Brother Turpin, if you read the, compare, if you contrast the two stories, did you know that there was more victory after the Jordan River parting than there was after the Red Sea crossing? In fact, with the Red Sea crossing following it, there was more grumbling 
and complaining and bitterness and murmuring and wanting to go back to Egypt. Let me tell you, after they, after they stuck, stuck the tip of their toes into that Jordan River, Jericho was just the beginning. There was conquest after conquest after conquest. The second half of the book of Joshua is all about the children of Israel and how they annihilated every enemy that came across their path. Two different generations. One, the signs preceded. The other, the signs followed. This is a bold statement. But Red Sea believers are like spoiled children. They expect without offering. Jordan River believers, they're the champions. They expect and they move forward with wet feet to prove it. They don't walk by feelings because feelings will let them down. They walk by faith. They don't walk by fear because fear will intimidate. They walk by faith. They don't even walk by the facts. <laughs> when the doctor gives you that nasty report, thanks, doc, but I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I'm not going to walk by feelings. I'm not going to walk by fear. I'm not going to walk by facts. I am here to walk by faith and not by sight. I like the way Mark Batterson wrote it. He said, we're so close to the dream, so close to the promise, so close to the miracle. But we're waiting for God to part the river while God is waiting for us to get our feet wet. Hmm. Holy Spirit, help us. <laughs> so what about you? Where do you find yourself? Would you say, yeah, preacher, I'm a, I'm a wet feet kind of guy, kind of gal. Would you say, you know, honestly, there's been so much going on in my life, I find myself sitting back like the children of Israel at the Red Sea. And I just, I'm not going to move another step until God does a miracle on my behalf. Stand with me this morning, would you? Hallelujah. All over this house, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Just ask him right now, is, is this word for me, Lord? Is this word for me? It's a new season, friend. I can't even imagine some of the trauma that some of you have gone through, many of you have gone through. But today's a new day. It's a new season. And the Lord simply wants to ask the question, are you willing to dip your toes into that Jordan River? See, the Red Sea was only open one time. You may not know this, but the Jordan River opened three different times. It opened for the children of Israel. It opened for Elijah and Elisha. Then it opened for Elisha. 
I wonder if there's some people in the house that would say, you know what? I'm ready to get my feet wet. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. When I was thinking about those six priests, we've got six elders here. I want to ask them to, to lead the pack. Bring your bride with you and come and stand up front with me. Would you do that right now? Wonderful group of men. Looking forward to getting to know them. Love God, love the church. Brethren, sisters, if you'll just face the stage, if you would, take your wife by the hand. Just come on in close. Maybe there's some others. Some others in the house. I like the staff and their spouses to join me up here. But if there's some believers in here, if there's some believers in here, you're ready to get your feet wet. Now, that may mean giving more time, more talent, bringing your tithing in, sharing your testimony more. You're going to get your feet wet. I'm going to walk this thing out by faith. Every believer in this house that wants to be a Jordan River believer, I want you to come and meet me up here, would you? Come on, quickly. Not going to take long. Come on, quickly. All over this house, just gather in all the way from one side to the other. of us in the room today have been looking at what's in front of us, what we see with our natural vision. Today's a new day, though. Today's a new day to say, Lord, I'm going to be a Jordan River believer. I'm going to walk in there. If you part it, great. But one thing's for sure. If I walk in by faith, I know you're not going to let me go under. For every wave that's over my head is always under your feet. Oh, I wish you just lift your hands like lightning rods to heaven right now and commit yourself to being a Jordan believer. To say, in God, I'm going to walk this thing out by faith. I don't know what you have planned for me. I've got some obstacles to overcome. So I'm going to walk this water like Peter did. I need a miracle in my body, so I'm going to walk by faith like Naaman did. I'm going to, oh Lord, help me. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you to the dream, the destiny, and the purpose inside of me. I'm going to dip my toes in my Jordan River, trusting that you're going to provide. My God, my God. I wish somebody would lift up their praise unto the Lord right now. Lord, here I am.